When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. On a day where we're one day out from finals, this time tomorrow night, all roads lead to finals footy. And I cannot wait. Great to have your company on Time On. Coming up a little later on this hour, we spoke last night about the father-daughter legacy in footy. It grew by three yesterday. One of the most famous names in the history of the Collingwood Football Club, Gavin Brown, will join us in about half an hour from now. We'll talk about Tani joining the Pies, what it looks like for his two boys in their final, and a bit going on at the Kangaroos as well. Plus, we talk September surprise packets here on Time On. a couple of minutes after six o'clock at the calm before the storm Wednesday the 30th of September my name's Jack Everin great day to be alive looking forward to being with you this hour 1300 736 736 to join me on the phone you can join me on the temper text across the hour as well 0433 98 11 16 bit to catch up on from across the day if you are just joining us or you haven't flicked over the dial to us until now the cost cutting at footy clubs is continuing it's savage. Um, it's sparing no one. And I must admit, I was really, really surprised to see in the last half an hour that North Melbourne have made the decision to axe Jade Rawlings. Their senior assistant coach, two years to run on a contract. Um, I'm really, really surprised. Jade will get another gig in footy, I have no doubt, because he is an outstanding operator. And I have no doubt that Jade will still coach his own team at some stage. But for the Kangaroos and where they're at, um, it just shows the money that needs to be taken off the books at their club uh, and at other clubs as well. So they're not immune. We've already seen at the Gold Coast Suns, there's been some tough decisions made uh, in the next couple of weeks. The finals teams will have to start to think about what their coaching departments are going to look like for 2021 and beyond. I think what we do know and what we've learned today as much as any other is that the embarrassment of riches that clubs have had, uh, it will be no longer. And when a player who became a coach who's become as classy an operator as Jade Rawlings is out of a job. Uh, it shows how savage it is. I want to talk September, September surprise packets with you tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me on the phone. 0433 That's how you can find me on the temper text. Earlier on in the week, we spoke about the players that are, that are most important for finals teams. The ones that, 
they can least afford to lose. And we did that in, in light of Tom Lynch's injury and many felt that Tom Lynch was going to be a big loss for Richmond, but they also thought that he could be covered. So I want to go the other way. I want to go to the other end of the scale to players that when we sit down and we think about, okay, well, where's the game going to be won and lost and who's going to be really important? And you think about Port Adelaide and, and Geelong tomorrow night. We'll get the teams very shortly for that. But Tom Hawkins is a real obvious one. Charlie Dixon's a real obvious one as well as the two key forwards. And then you've got the likes of Patrick Dangerfield and Travis Boak in the midfield. So they take care of themselves. We get that. Um, and they will be the ones that are previewed. They're the ones that are spoken about as having the biggest influence on the game. But I want you to put your thinking cap on for me tonight and talk to me about September pro- surprise packets. The ones in your eyes who don't necessarily get the attention, but you think they've got a big role to play within their team. Coming into September and into October, as we well know, it starts tomorrow. You think they've got a really, really big role to play. I've got a couple of surprise packets that I want to throw your way in just a moment, but I'll give you my two for tomorrow night to get us going. And then we'll get stuck into your calls because that game's the most uh, urgent for us. It's on tomorrow night. And we're really looking forward to it. So my surprise packet for Geelong is Grind Myers. He's averaging the best part of a goal a game. Um, and I just think, with so much attention that's going to go to Hawkins, to Danger when he's forward, to Gary Rowan, who I've spoken about a lot on this show in the last couple of weeks and how important I think he is. Even Gary Ablett, it's expected that he'll play as a high half forward and have a pretty big role to play there. If Brian Myers can just do what he needs to do, he doesn't need to be spectacular, but if he can do what he needs to do, kick a couple of goals, lay some tackles inside 50 as well, I think that he will be the surprise packet that Geelong need to potentially take them all the way. I'm not saying that he'll be the difference between them winning or losing. What I am saying, though, is that if he can be a surprise packet and give them more than what you would expect, um, it will have a big say in the Cats winning. For Port Adelaide, I tweeted about this player earlier in the year, and I was really surprised um, the backlash or, or how many people perhaps underrate Todd Marshall. Again, a player who is the best part of a goal a game. has only played the 12 games this year. Didn't play from round 9 to 13. Uh, had a pretty badly broken thumb, but has found his way back into the team since and, and hasn't been overly spectacular. But with Charlie Dixon attracting all the crowd, he needs help. And I think we've seen with Port Adelaide, with Laddam spending a little bit of time forward and um, Justin Westoff floated forward before he found his way out of the team. They're not bad. They can play a role there. But I think Todd Marshall, as the September surprise packet, can go a big, big way to helping Port Adelaide get all the way there. So I think you get where we're going here. It's not just the players, the big names, the ones that attract the, the most attention. It's the ones who have got a role to play. And if they can not only play their role, but succeed in playing that role and play an even bigger role than what, perhaps what they have during the year, They'll have a big say in September and October. one 736 to join me on the phone. 433 to join me on the text. Nathan's a Saints man, um, and he has written down on the text here one of my surprise packets for St Kilda. So while I'm on a roll, I, I may as well keep going with a couple. I had Callum Wilkie for St Kilda, and Nathan had Callum Wilkie as well. And the reason that I had him is I think he'll get the job on Aaron Norton 
and he will get the job on the opposition's best key forward. There's a good article with him today in, in the Herald Sun about the the background that he came from, being a mature age player and, and how he's had to do it the hard way and all that sort of stuff, which was great. But I think that if he can play his role but then also assist in giving them a bit of creation off half back, it's really important for them. So he doesn't have to be a world beater. He needs to play his role, though, and a little bit extra. And if he can do that, it might help the Saints get past the Bulldogs in week one. And then who knows what it looks like after that. Phil's in Clyde North, one 736 736 to join me. Phil, who's your September surprise packet? Well, I'd, I'd hate to put a downer on it, but I'm not a St Kilda supporter. And um, I thought it could have been Josh Battle, but obviously yeah. he's not in this week. So hopefully we can get over the dogs and he can do a job for us the next week. But I just really think that what he gives us in the air and you know, around the ground is pretty good. Well, I think back to the game uh, a couple of weeks ago now, I reckon it was, Phil. He, he went and stood next to next to Nick Haynes in that Giants game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And did a job on him as well. Did a, did a big job. So, if you're catching up with that news from today, Phil, appreciate your call. Uh, Josh Battle won't be in the team for St Kilda this weekend against the Dogs, Saturday afternoon. You'll hear that game on SEN. And we kind of learnt that via Brad Hill, who spoke to Gary and Tim this morning on SEN Brekkie. He sort of said, oh, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a change. It looks like it's probably going to be an injury. And then, lo and behold, after that, a couple of calls are made and we find out that uh, that Josh Battle won't be in the lineup for this week. He may be in the lineup for next week, and they're pretty confident that he will be, um, but he won't be playing for the Saints this week. The other one that I sort of thought for St Kilda, I, I went with Callum Wilk in the end. I didn't want to just go forwards, but Jack Loney's got a pretty big role to play for St Kilda in this first final. Their tackle numbers inside 50 are, are pretty good. Jack Loney's had a big role to play in that. Um, and they don't they don't really have that sort of second small forward. They, they've really missed Jade Gresham this year, the Saints. I, I absolutely believe that, and I'm sure Saints supporters do as well. Um, I think Jack Loney, if he can get in the thick of things and he can get in amongst it, um, he can be important for St Kilda this year. And and he does he does need to play a uh, a p- pretty specific role I reckon as well. And he's on the road 1-300-736-736. We're talking September/October surprise packets. G'day Andy. Hey you go. Excellent, thanks. That's the way, that's the way. Um one that I think could do anything in finals, pretty much anything or nothing. Um, is Cam Rayner, but he's been uh, he's been building over the last three, four, five weeks since he's come back from his uh, hamstring injury. He should have kicked, I think, four or five, and he had that shot that he missed out from ten metres in front. But he might be just saving it. Maybe not this uh, uh, Friday against Richmond, but he might be saving it for a later final that Brisbane play. He may be. So Cam Rayner's season. I mean, I think he's progressing along really well. He's got his critics. At times, I guess that comes with being a number one draft pick and the expectation that you'll you'll come on the scene pretty quickly and that you'll you'll have an immediate impact. He's played a lot of games, Cam Rayner. If you look at his seasons, two, 2018 he played 22 games, 2019 24, and 2020 he played 15 uh, of a possible 17. So he's pretty durable. And when he kicks goals, he tends to kick them in bags. He kicked a couple in round 18. He's three against the Gold Coast in round 16. I actually heard some people say that they thought it might be a breakout game for Cam Rayner, that that might be um, the game where he, he really does start to put it all together and from oh, there away he goes. So that could be the case in finals. Um, 
his finals numbers weren't great last year against Richmond and, and the Giants. He didn't have a major impact in the final series. So he'll be pretty keen to do well um, in this final series, no doubt. And like a lot of Brisbane players, and again, I'm banging on about this. I spoke about it on the show last night, and, and I truly believe it. They'll be better for the experience. And for someone as young as Cam Rayner to play finals like last year, um, yeah, I really think that he will benefit from having been there, experiencing it, and feeling, seeing, touching what it's all like to be playing at the back end of a season. Andy, appreciate your call. Still got a stacks of time to take your calls. Gavin Brown will join us in about 15, 20 minutes from now. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone. Uh, 0433981116 on the text. We're talking the surprise packets for September and October. Luke says, I agree on Marshall. This is Todd Marshall that I spoke about earlier. If he plays well, he almost plays Dixon into form by freeing him up. Yeah, that was that was part of my um, my logic with Todd Marshall is he doesn't have to kick six. He has to kick one, maybe two, has to take a couple of marks. But what he also has to do is keep his defender accountable because Geelong like to drop off. They like to get that secondary jumper and they'll climb all over Charlie Dixon at the first opportunity if you let them. But you can't let them. That's the thing. So he, he's got a big role to play in making his defender accountable. Liam Baker off the text. This is from Jared. Says, does his role and is a very versatile player. He is made for September. What a fabulous player Liam Baker's become. I'm not going to say all of a sudden because people at Richmond – We'll say, no, no, well, he was developing really well for us in the background and he took some big steps forward last year. But I think he's been such a good player for them this year. Matt, off the text, off the temper text, says Nick Floston. If he stands up, Richmond wins. Nick Floston's a really interesting one in that case because when on Monday we spoke about the players that could least afford to go down for a finals team, Nick Floston's name came up there as well. So that sort of shows that there's still some that, Maybe don't have Nick Floston in the in the top bracket of players for Richmond, but then there's some that say that he is part of their most crucial setup as well. So that's an interesting one to come through. Brendan's in Camberwell. G'day, Brendan. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I I was thinking um, uh, maybe old Chol. Um, he's obviously going to get a game this week because Lynch is out and. We probably need him to kick two goals for us to win. But um, he's got uh, so much uh, potential that he, he might kick... He could kick five. And then we need to drop him to put Lynch back in. I think you're looking at my notes, Brendan. Marby Orchol was my surprise packet for Richmond for a lot of the same reasons that you just spoke about. He's an unknown because you, you don't know whether you're going to be able to play him beyond this week. He plays for Tom Lynch you would assume that Tom Lynch is coming back next week regardless. And if Richmond win, well, they'll get the week off and that'll give them an even further opportunity. But he is he is an enigma. He's wildly talented. Marbio Chol, um, again, he's slowly starting to put it all together uh, and he's played some really good games this year. But the, a bit of what I had to say about Todd, Todd Marshall kind of applies here for Marbio Chol too because with Lynch out, um, there, is, there is a pretty big expectation that Jack Revolt's going to have to play a major role for Richmond. He, he may have to kick you a decent part of the score to, to win the game. So similar, if you're just going to allow Brisbane defenders to disregard Marby or Chole and put all of their attention uh, into uh, into um, Jack Revolt, well, 
that makes the task a bit easier for Brisbane and it does make it a hell of a lot harder for Jack. So there's there's a fair bit of logic in what we're saying there about Marby or Chole. And I agree with you, Brendan. I think you've nailed it. He's, he does have a big role to play and he could be the surprise packet for Richmond come finals time. But again, the other part to it is that we don't actually know whether he'll be in the team beyond this week. Uh, we're about to check in with Paul Sebastiani from Bet Deluxe. Frank and Tim, do me a favour. Please stay there. You'll be the first two up on the other side of this. Um, I do want to throw one at you before the break. And I haven't spoken about him yet. I'm interested to see what Collingwood supporters say about this. And I reckon there'll be a few who don't support Collingwood who might tell me that I'm absolutely mad. My Collingwood surprise packet is Jaden Stevenson. Now, I don't even know whether Jaden Stevenson will be in the team for Saturday night's game. He's been in, he's been out, he's been in, he's been out. He looked as though he, he didn't have a lot of confidence in the first half when, when he came back. But if he can find some confidence, if he can start to feel good about his game, one thing we know about Jaden Stevenson is he can kick goals quickly and he's got a happy knack of kicking goals early in games. And in finals, and especially for Collingwood in the West, if you can kick goals early and take the crowd out of it, it goes a long way to victory. So he's my surprise packet. I've got more to come on the other side of this. You with time on here on SEN. Bet Deluxe, the online bookmaker punters go to. Betdeluxe.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Bet Deluxe is where you need to head for all of your finals footy. Paul Sebastiani joins us from Bet Deluxe. Paul, we touched base on the uh, AFL markets yesterday. Have they changed much today? Not a hell of a lot of a change for the uh, game tomorrow night between uh, Port Adelaide and Geelong. Port Adelaide still favourites at uh, $1.73. The Cats are outside at two ten. But uh, we've got a nice little special for the punters. If you think the Cats can win and you reckon Paddy Dangerfield can kick a goal at any time, $5 on offer at betdeluxe.com.au. T's and C's apply with that one. And uh, as we said yesterday, we've got another special coming up on Friday night. If you reckon the uh, Tigers can continue their uh, run against the Lions... We've got two dollars on offer for them as well to uh, to defeat the Lions, and T's and C's applies on that one as well, Jack. So uh, some plenty of good good football offers for uh, for the footy punters out there this weekend, mate. There most certainly is uh, NBA Finals game one. What's the market look like? Yeah, massive one there. The Lakers versus the Miami Heat. Uh, Lakers do go into it favourites, but we're happy to offer $2 at betdeluxe.com.au as well for a max bet of 25. So good little special there for the Lakers as well to uh, to maybe cool down the Miami Heat in game one of the final series there. Racing as well, Jack. Yep. Talk to us Flemington. about that. What have you got for us? Flemington, Randwick, massive group one this weekend, mate. Uh, we're going Chris Waller crazy. <laughs> very good money for very, very good money for very elegant in the Turnbull and very good money for start of the seas in the Epsom Handicap. And just one from left of field, Madame Rouge, later in mm. the card at Flemington. It's been good support for her as well. So it could be a, a Chris Waller trio on the weekend. I reckon it might be. Thank you very much, Paul. Paul Sebastiani joining us from Bet Deluxe, betdeluxe.com.au. And if you are having a punt, we please always urge you to gamble responsibly. Melbourne. Certainly, we we didn't feel like we were as sharp pre-game or or any at any stage throughout that game that we had been previously or even um, you know since then as well. So uh, we feel like we are better prepared for this one um, to understand a little bit better 
the game plan and game style that, that Geelong are going to bring to us yep. and how to cope with that. Uh, so we feel like we are far better positioned now to, to take on that challenge than we were you know, last time around. That was Hamish Hartler talking on SENSA today that they are better prepared to take on the Cats. Well, the teams are in for the first qualifying final tomorrow night. Terry Wallace and I will be in with the match committee at 6 o'clock and then we'll hand you over to the boys on AFL Nation after that. For Port Adelaide, three changes. Ryan Burton, Zach Butters, Tom Cleary come in. Jared Leanett omitted, Riley Bonner omitted and Boyd Woodcock omitted. No major surprise there, I would suggest, for Port Adelaide. Those three were always going to come back in. And lean it and, and Woodcock and, and Bonner look like short-term solutions for them while those players were out. For Geelong, again, probably no surprise with their ins. Reece Stanley in, we expected that. And we spoke earlier in the week about how important he's going to be. Tom Atkins coming back in as well, which is a, a huge tick for the role that this young man plays with this team, that they got him straight back in at the first opportunity. Asava Radagalia has been omitted. And Jack Stephen is out of the Cats team for tomorrow night as well. Someone had to come out for Atkins. Uh, he missed the game against Sydney because of soreness. Jack Stephen just hasn't done enough. And he's great when he's got the footy in his hands and he can be creative he can, and he can be dangerous. But um, it's the tackle pressure, the hardness around the ball, that sort of stuff that Perhaps not all of it comes up on the TV, but certainly in the Cats coaches box, they would be well aware of what Tom Atkins brings to that group. So those changes, just to reiterate those, for Geelong, Stanley and Atkins in for Radigalia and Stephen, and for Port Adelaide, Burton, Butters, Cleary in for Leanett, Bonner and Woodcock. Perhaps Tom Atkins might loom as our September surprise packet. That's our hot topic tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me on the phone. Gavin Brown will join me in about 15 minutes from now as well. But Frank's in Epping has been waiting patiently. Frank, thanks for holding on. Hey, Jack. How you going? Uh, thank good. you, mate, for taking the call. Uh, hope you don't mind before I go to my surprise packet. I'm a Tiger man. So yes. um, just a bit of a praise and heads up for SCN. I'm a, a hospital worker slash SCN listener, and I... I've been lucky enough to keep checking my sanity when I come home with you guys. And all the way through the pandemic, uh, you guys have just been flying, you know, particularly Tags and Simon O'Donnell. I'm not a big horse racing fan. Uh, the entertainment those gents provided, mate, I wouldn't mind you know, giving a shout-out to those two lads. You know, line of the pandemic is Tags has cracked it and Simon can't read out the text that he can't reach, reach the lift button, so he can't get too far. <laughs> and uh, a big thank you, man. You guys, have, you guys have had the balance between let's keep talking about sport and let's keep it real. So uh, thank you to you and your team. Good on you, Frank. Uh, God bless you. And it's, it's not exactly a surprise packet, but I think Shy Bolton could tear this up. You know, that kid, if he starts settling down with his poise and his decision-making with disposal, just watch this face. I think we could be watching him emerging into something very, very special pretty soon over the next few weeks. And Frank, and he's, well. he's become a bona fide midfielder now, hasn't he? He's not a high half forward or anything like that. He is a, he's a straight-up midfielder for you, boys. I think the opportunity that was presented to him, has he's just been waiting for it. And it's just that magical thing that Indigenous men and women have is they can go sideways like you and me can't. And it's just so pretty to watch. And Cam Rayner, I'm hope, I'm not, I hope he does really well. Another young man on the up and coming. And good luck to all the lads hanging in there through the pandemic, through the hubs. God bless them all because they've kept us entertained. Yeah, absolutely. They have. Frank, well done. And well done to you as a, as a frontline worker. We appreciate all of the work that, uh, that you and everyone in your industry are doing for us during these difficult times as well. Tim's in Berwick is another one that's been holding on. Tim, thanks for being with us, mate. 
Mr. Hevron, this is a topic close to your heart. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Stephen is no longer with us. Uh, Mr. Steele is very good at what he does. Mr. Billings always seems to play well against the Bulldogs. Mr. Loney, you referenced. Yep. So it's Mr. Sinclair, who I'm actually thinking might be the standout, uh, the, jump, the one that jumps out to the Saints. Okay. Go the on. Re- the, okay. Uh, since he came back into the team in round eight, now there was a tweet put out um, by one of the Saints' uh, assistant coaches that he's got the best efficiency between the arcs. And, you know, he adds to that midfield because he's got a bit of grunt about him, but he's got tackle pressure. And um, he's a really important player in St Gilda's lineup at the moment, very underrated, and one who may end up having a bit of influence over these next few weeks, hopefully. Well, if if finals... And, Tim, I'm kind of with you on this one because if finals play out the way that they normally do, um, it is a bit more in tight. Um, the Bulldogs and, and St Kilda, I'm doing that game on Saturday. Their game styles couldn't be any different in terms of the Saints like to kick, maintain, whereas the Bulldogs are second in the competition for handballs. They handball their way through and they like to move through the corridor. But finals being finals, you'd expect that it'll be played in tight, you'd expect that there won't be that same sort of space and, and availability. So a player like Jack Sinclair, who is good in tight, has got a pretty big role to play in September and October. Tim, I reckon you might have stumbled on a good one there. Appreciate it. Uh, off the text, Billy O says Josh Dacos for the Pies. Another that's had a fantastic season and has really taken his game to the next level. I spoke about Jaden Stevenson before the break. Tanya says, I totally agree. Jaden Stevenson is my surprise packet for the Pies. He's been down in confidence, but if he plays, he can be a game changer. And that is a big if. We don't know when Nathan Buckley names his team for Saturday night. We don't know whether Jaden Stevenson will be in the team. This one as well. Jaden Stevenson isn't 100%. Lack of preseason has affected him at the start of the year with glandular fever. Mason Cox has been building in confidence the last couple of weeks. Hopefully we see the 2018 prelim Mason Cox on Saturday night. Now, Andrew says, my surprise packet for the Saints is Ben Long. Thank you very much, Andrew. And um, another one has come through here for Ben Long uh, as well. I haven't got a name for this one. I apologize. But it says, G'day, Jack. I'd like to nominate Ben Long as my September surprise. He's amongst the best kicks in the AFL. Jack Sinclair's name has been coming through off the text as well, which is good. Really good recognition for the years that he's had. Roscoe says, Josh Caddy. He plays tall and he has footy smarts. I wonder whether he and Chol are in the same team. This this came through off the text as well that sort of asked the same question. I'm not sure that Chol will play this week. It's Chol or Caddy. Chol played really well when he came into the team earlier in the year and then dropped off and hasn't done a lot for a couple of months. Caddy's got a pretty good record playing as the second option to Jack. When the Tigers won their first flag, that's what their finals, uh, their forward set up for that finals team looked like. It was Jack Revolt as the, the sole key forward and then Josh Caddy played a sort of quasi-centre-half forward role. So they've seen it, they know that it works, um, and they can go back to that again if they want to. This one, Brad Shepard, a.k.a. Mr. Sheptember. That's very good. Mr. Sheptember has a big role in stopping Jordan Dugowie. Yeah, he'll get that job. That battle will be really, really big on Saturday night. And Swanee from Ringwood East says, Bailey Smith, gun player, few goals and some tackling will help us win. He can step up to a new level. Thank you very much, Swanee. And Nick from Chadston says, Zach Bailey. I've got a couple of others here that I want to park for a little bit later on in the hour as well. But we're going to talk to a very, very proud father up next. I'm sure he already is, Gavin Brown. He's one of the greats of the Collingwood Football Club. 
and his daughter Tani will be wearing the black and white in this upcoming AFLW season. He joins us next on Time On. On SEN, your home of sport. Time On with Jack Everett. Welcome back to Time On here on SEN. You're with Jack Heverin. one 736 736 on the phone. 0433 98 11 16 to join me on the temper text. Just recapping the teams for tomorrow night's qualifying final. Port Adelaide have brought back Ryan Burton, Zach Butters and Tom Cleary, Jared Leanett, Riley Bonner and Boyd Woodcock go out of their teams all omitted. And for Geelong, Reese Stanley, Tom Atkins coming back in. Asava Radagalia and Jack Stephen have been omitted as well. We'll catch you up with some of the other stuff from across the day that you need to know. The Aussies in action today against New Zealand. And the name has been decided for Tasmania's NBL team. And I don't think it was the one that most of us thought that it was going to be. So I'll catch you up to date with that very shortly in some of the stuff that we've missed. But I spoke yesterday on the show about how fabulous I think the father-daughter rule is in AFL and by extension into AFLW. It keeps famous names at footy clubs going for a long time to come. And, well, there's not many names more famous at Collingwood than the Brown surname. And Tyler, Callum, they're doing outstanding things. And now the next instalment of the Brown dynasty will be playing for Collingwood next season as Tani will suit up and wear the black and white. One of their greatest ever players, Gavin Brown, joins me tonight here on Time On. And I'd imagine, as I say, welcome, Gavin, a very, very proud father as well. I certainly am, Jack. Um, Very proud and... um... You know, so I'm so pleased for Tani that she um, she gets to um, compete in an AFL um, women's elite competition. It's um, really exciting for the family and for her in particular. When did it start to become a reality? Because as you would well know with, with your job with North Melbourne as well, there's a lot that's up in the air at the moment with footy and, and what it all looks like. We didn't even know what the list spaces were going to be like in AFLW. When did, when did the pies start to, to make proper contact and make it seem as though this was going to happen? Yeah, probably the last couple of weeks, I think, um, I would say. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's been up in the air, that's yeah. for sure. And no one's really been sure about what it was going to look like. But, um, luckily enough for, for the, uh, for Tani and for all the girls, it's, um, it looks like it's going to, uh, go ahead and prosper. So, yeah, probably the last couple of weeks, I, I would say. I thought she spoke really well yesterday about, as much as she obviously respects that your name and, and everything that you achieved at the footy club, but how she's pretty keen to, to stamp her own way and, and to create her own legacy in many ways, which is great. It showed a bit of confidence, I thought. Yeah, look, it's fantastic. I think um, I think you're right. She's um, she's a very uh, she's a quiet kid, very yeah, low key, yeah. very humble and respectful person. But I I like that too. I think um, she's not too interested about um, what I did in the past because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a bit boring and. Uh, She's um, yeah, she's really looking forward to sinking her teeth in and, and, and making her own name, and um, she just goes about her business. That's her style, and uh, I, I really like that. Yeah, played a lot of basketball as a youngster, am I right? And was it was about fourteen that she started to to really take to footy and, and get involved. Yep, she um, probably a lot. Yeah, probably the last three years. So the last two years at Eastern, um, she's she's been playing, and she did play. She did play one year. I reminded her of this the other day. She did play one year. When she was about ten, mm. uh, down at Templestowe in the uh, the little tack as it was, and, <laughs> and she was the only girl running around out there, so she was ahead of her times. And back then, there's no way, no, I would have thought there was going to be an elite AFL women's competition. Yeah, um, 
she only lasted the one year and then went on and, and did her basketball thing. But probably, yeah, probably the last three years she's got a bit more serious about her footy. I did want to ask you about that. Did did you think that this would be possible? I mean, obviously, when you have two boys, that pathway's been there forever and a day. But if I'd have said to you when Tani was, as you say, playing in the Little Tackers as a 10-year-old that the best part of seven or eight years on that there would be a father-daughter system in place, did you think that it would be possible? Oh, look, never in my wildest dreams, to be honest. Um, it was just so far off um, at that particular time. It really was. As I said, Tani was the only girl running around at that stage um, with the boys. Now, they're, they're, there's no doubt there was other girls in other teams running around in, in boys' teams. There might have even been a, a girls' team, but it was nothing like it is now. I mean, you just got to look at all the, the local competitions and how many teams are. Tani's mm. team up at Donvale um, host numerous um, girls, uh, age group, so it's just really um, flourishing and, and blossomed to the to the point where it is now, and it's just it's just fantastic for all the uh, the young women out there that can uh, go and play an elite sport. Gavin Brown, our special guest tonight here on Time On. So my head straight away yesterday went to what would it have been like in the backyard at the Brown household when you've got two boys and Tani all trying to to win the footy and to, and to get involved. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, we we had basketball games and football games going on, and um, yeah, we had it was always me and Tani because it was going to be um, that was the fairest way of doing it. So there's a yep. boys versus me and Tani, whether it be footy or basketball, um, and we always had a, a heap of fun and got a bit willing at times, and there was a lot of uh, um, competitiveness about it. But it was um, looking back, they were just really awesome times. While we've got you in proud father mode, um, to the boys, you must be ecstatic with Tyler's first season at the club. He, he's come in, his debut was fantastic. There was a bit of a period in the middle of the year where he wasn't in the team, but since he's come back, he, he's played a really important role. Yeah, look, he has. It's um, Yeah, I've been really, really proud of him, actually. He um, he did play the first five games, and then um, then he had a, he didn't play until uh, the last, what, he played the last five games, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's predominantly an inside mid, but he and I think he played his first game back inside, and then obviously the Pies got a few uh, midfielders back in Trelaw, et cetera. Um, and then he's he was um, he's been playing on a wing, and um, yeah, I watched him play on the wing, and I I'm, I think he does a terrific job. He um, he plays it really well. He's a very team orientated kid. Um, he's a really good teammate, and um, I like the way he defends and attacks uh, pretty equally, which is. Um, which is a bit rare, I reckon, uh, yep. these days. But I, I think he's going really well, and I've been really pleased with his development. Yeah, it's a big test for for your former club on the road this week, isn't it? It, it does feel, and and we've heard Nathan Buckley talking this week about some of the staff sleeping in camper vans and all that sort of stuff. It does, it does feel like a bit of an us against the world kind of mentality that they're taking into this game. Oh, it does, and I think they'll they'll draw upon that, and I think it's um, and I really look in some. Ways, I think it helps in a sense because it galvanises the group and the coaches and all the players in the footy club together as a as a greater good. And I think they'll really focus and drill down on, you know, they've had to do it the hard way. They've had to fly over there uh, across Australia and then they're um, they're in quarantine and then they've got to go and play in a hostile territory. And mm. I'm assuming there'll be a crowd there, will there? Will that, yeah, that right? yeah, will quite be? quite a healthy crowd too. Yeah, yeah. So so it all goes against them, but I think. Um, what better way to, to, to win a final than like that? It would be, be fantastic. Just as we sort of went to air, and, and before I let you go, obviously I wanted to, to speak about your children and all the great work they're doing, but you, you are head of development at North Melbourne. Um, the news that came through this afternoon around Jade Rawlings and the club going in a separate direction, it's just, 
it's a reminder that things are, are, are I wouldn't say they're never going to be the same again at footy clubs, but they are going to be tough for the next little while, aren't they? Oh, I think it's a great example of, of, of the landscape going forward. Unfortunately, it's really um, it's been really disappointing the whole year uh, in that regard, and, and unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be that way for look. Hopefully, not too um, too long a period, but there's no doubt in, in, in the short to medium term. I think um, I think AFL footy is going to take a bit of a hit, and let's just hope that it doesn't um, the product doesn't deteriorate. Um, too much because I think it's it's been really important the growth of the game and the development in the players and mm. I'd hate to think that um, you know who knows what happens with the second tier competition and and less coaches but um, yeah it's been a great product I'm sure it still will be but let's hope we can get back to a bit of normality sooner rather than later. There's some big list changes going on at the Kangaroos. Is head of development? I think you might have your hands full with some youngsters next year. Yeah, look, it's uh, no doubt about that, and that's always a sad part of footy too. Young guys' dreams of are ended, and some obviously retire. But um, in our case here, there's, there's probably a few more than normal. Um, but it is, but it's also a very exciting time for the footy club because uh, we get the opportunity to, to blood a, a lot of uh, new players, and, and and with that, yeah, it's very exciting because you just don't know what you're going to get. You sure. know, you can yeah. you can you can get some great young talent in, and, the, and things turn around pretty quickly. So I think it's I think that's really exciting. Gavin, thanks for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. And it's a great weekend for Collingwood as they take on the West Coast Eagles, but some great times to come for the Brown family and Collingwood as well. So thanks for joining me tonight. No worries at all. Thanks very much. Gavin Brown, one of the greatest names in the history of the Collingwood Football Club. He's in their team of the century, 254 games, three Copeland trophies, captain the club for five years, part of their premiership team in 1990. And as you just heard there, one of the real good guys in footy. Some of the stuff that you've missed from across the day, that's coming up next here on SEN. As I mentioned, I'll bring you up to date with the new name of Tasmanian's NBL team. We'll talk a bit of rugby league. The Broncos have finally got themselves a coach. And Kevin Sheedy to join the Bombers board. All that coming up next as we wrap it up here on Time On. Home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. It's a bit hard to, to say a definitive yes, given that we, you know, we lost our last uh, whatever number of games it was. So it was always, I suppose, one measure of how we get through this year. But in terms of the handover to Ben Rutten and and giving him the best possible basis to build his coaching career, I think it has. You know, it was a perfect no. You know, I think we sort of played with with different responsibilities. But I think, generally speaking, it, it's given him a really good uh, backdrop. And that was the main the main uh, purpose of that transition with John staying on there to, uh, to bring Ben through. That's the new president of Essendon, Paul Brasher, talking to Jared Waitley this morning. I'd strongly advise that for all Bombers supporters or just footy fans in general, go and have a listen to that at your next opportunity. The, the podcast is there. Uh, spoke very, very interestingly about the Bombers and was pretty forthright. I must admit, listening to it, and I was always trying to put myself in the in the position of the fan of that respective team in that sort of situation, I would have loved to have heard some of the stuff that he said and how forthright he was, as I mentioned, and he sounds like he means business, which is really, really good news, uh, I reckon, for the Bombers. There was one more that I did want to share with you, and that was Paul Brasher speaking on Essendon being a once great club moment is the source of embarrassment for as Gary Lyon used the phrase a once great club uh yeah it's, yes I, I hate to hear 
that sort of commentary because it's a fact, you know, the facts are the facts, they're what they are. So am I embarrassed to hear it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's embarrassed. It, I hate to hear it. I hate to hear it because it's true. But I'm not sure it's all that relevant to what we're doing going forward. Yeah, well, they've, they've got some big moves to make going forward. Um, they still need to work out what they're doing with Adam Saad, whether he's staying or going. Joe Danaher, it, it's it's... It defies belief, I reckon, that, that the club don't have a decision from Joe. They may have a decision, in fact, and they just haven't made it public, and, and that's fine as well. I respect that. But um, if they're sitting around waiting after, especially everything that went on last year, if they're sitting around waiting for Joe to decide whether he's staying or going, I feel now's the time to start to really push them. I know others think that they can wait. Um, I wouldn't be waiting. I'd be pushing for a decision. Some of the other stuff from across the day that you may have missed, speaking of the Bombers, Kevin Sheedy has joined the board of Essendon. That's going to be ratified next month at their AGM. Um, but it just adds more footy savvy to their board. And we shouldn't forget that Kevin Sheedy is a marketing genius. So he does bring a bit to the table. Um, they already have Simon Madden on their board and they already have Sean Wellman on their board as their their football director. But it can't hurt to have a bloke like Kevin Sheedy involved, I reckon. Um, recapping the news from off the top of the show tonight, Jade Rawlings has parted, and North Melbourne, I should say, have parted ways. Their senior assistant coach, um, two years to run on a contract, so there would have had to have been some sort of settlement reached there, I'd imagine. Um, I must say I was very, very surprised. And I'll say it again, um, I've had a little bit to do with Jade along the way. I'm certainly not pre- pretending like we're best mates, but he is a seriously impressive operator, uh, and I think he will get a job somewhere, and I think he'll be a fantastic pickup for whoever they do decide to take. Um AFLW, we spoke to Gavin Brown earlier about Tani playing in the AFLW next season. The Victorian players have been granted a government exemption by the Victorian government to begin training in, in small numbers or, or you know really isolated sort of circumstances, but this is a good development for them. And before we know it, their season is going to be there. I mean, we're into the 1st of, of October and it's coming around really quick. It's tomorrow. So... Um, they've got to be able to train. They've got to be able to prepare because that season, as I say, is going to be on our doorstep very quickly. To the NRL, Kevin Walters has been appointed as coach of the Brisbane Broncos. It's what we all expected to happen. Um, if you speak to people involved in Brisbane Rugby League, they will say that that's step one of a two-part process and that Craig Bellamy's next as a coaching director. But Kevin Walters has signed a, a good money offer as well and has vowed in the words of someone else, to make the Broncos great again. Well, it's a big challenge from an outsider looking in. Um, that club was in tatters this year, on the field, and I reckon more importantly, off the field. Anything that was happening at that club was getting leaked. There was no such thing as a secret at Red Hill this year. Um, they have just got to find a way to tighten the ship up. They have got to find a way to to get some success on the field again, and Some of the stuff that was going on there was just absolutely extraordinary this year. The VRC have made a submission to have crowds at the Spring Carnival. I'd say this is probably less likely than likely, but we can hope, I suppose. That's all we can do is is hope. As racing fans and as sports fans, the sooner we can start getting back to sport, the better. And to finish off tonight, news coming out of the NBL is that the name for the ninth NBL team, which will be based out of Tasmania, has been settled. It's been a really cool process of what the the NBL have done, that they started with a short list of five names that were voted on. They've eventually dwindled that down from four to three to two. 
We were left with the Tridents and the Jack Jumpers. And the news coming out of Tasmania tonight is that the ninth team in the NBL will be known as the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. It's been interesting to see the discussion on Twitter about this. I actually think, yeah, okay, it wasn't the first choice. I think a lot of people thought that they would go with the Tridents. I think it could become a, a really popular sort of cult figure name. It may not roll off the tongue at first, but I honestly get the sense that it'll grow and it'll be something that people will come to love in the end. On that note, that'll see us out here for Time On. Tomorrow night, I'll be back, same time, with the match committee. Terry Wallace will join me. We'll go through all of the ins for tomorrow night's game, which we've shared with you. Plus, we'll have all of the changes for the weekend as well. Stay safe. Big thanks to all of your calls and all of your texts across the hour. We'll see you tomorrow. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.